Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. You know what? I I forget that because we are at the Bone Cave. Um, And if you're ever in Spearfish, South Dakota, make sure you stop by, knock on the door. It's locked because we are COVID compliant. Um, Everybody here has been COVIDed. But we will let you in unless Brad answers the door and he's busy, then he'll tell you to go away. Uh, (laughs) I rarely do that, but if I'm really caught up, I apologize. But you can come in and see all the heads in the mounts from around the world. We are looking at uh, getting a new bone cave again because we almost outgrown this one or outgrown this one. But anyway, my name is Brian Maiman. I'm the co-founder of uh, this great concept, Rolling Bones, and this hunting company. Today we're going to talk about um, Kodiak, the Sitka blacktail deer. Yes. And uh, and we were just up there and had a great hunt. And uh, uh, but j- first, before I do that, just a quick reminder to visit rollingbones.com and check out our membership. Normally I do this a little later, but I got to tell you, it's application season. We're right. We're, we're, we're Actually, it's kicked off because Alaska's yeah. right now. And, no. uh, um, and well, now Wyoming it Wyoming out comes yeah, up in two weeks. In two weeks. And uh, Mary is just crushing it. Uh, she was showing me some today. So Mary's like at some degree, I should read it to you. Um, and maybe we should have her on here sometime. Um, because she has like this degree of um, blah 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 mapping blah geography blah cartography. Oh, all right, hold on. It's from Kent State University. This is to certify that the Board of Trustees of Kent State University. She just brought it. You to went me. to Kent State upon the recommendation of the faculty wow. has conferred upon Mary Margaret Boatwright. The degree of master. Mary Margaret. Yeah, I like it. Ooh. And MMB, baby. Um, <laughs> anyway, we, we, Mary, we're going to have to have you on this. Uh, master of Geography. Uh, is that right? Geogra- oh, wait, wait. Master of Geographic. Brian can't even infra- read it. I can't even read it. Oh, I'm, my gosh. I'm actually reading above still on the boat right. All these little commas. You should see how they, 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 they write this shit. It's got all these little, uh, um, little nuances in it. Anyway. Master of Geographic Information Science. Who gets a freaking degree like that? Anyway, Mary, uh, uh, Geographic Information Science, with all of the honors, rights, and privileges of the degree, presented this 15th day of December, 2000, and blah, 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 blah. So anyway... Congratulations. I like that. Um, so anyway, so we have some pretty smart people here. And she's working on, um, anyway, she's showing me today that she's working on mapping all this stuff right. with strategies on points, trophies, right. um, and she's taken it to the nth level. It, it, she said, my dream job in the world would be to apply for hunters with the most comprehensive application strategy. Um, so why did I tell you that? Just a quick reminder. Go to visit rollingbones.com, check out our membership, and we'll help you get started today on your hunting adventure of a lifetime. 
Our membership are built just for you. We have a customized dashboard. We will create it. We'll get you with an advisor. And uh, think of your membership as joining a very special hunting club that features our five-star concierge service that can get you in touch with people like Mary that have degrees to do this stuff. I have a degree to do not much. Break my ankle in, uh, break my ankle in Alaska, fall off a boat, end up on the ocean floor, and live. That's my degree. <laughs> How many times have you uh, fallen in the ocean on that type of a deal? So I got to tell you, that's a, that's a really good question, and we'll start with that question. And next time, are you going to put your phone in a little plastic waterproof case? So thingy? I, before we go to the to the sinking <laughs> to the bottom of the ocean, how many times have I told you in the last month? I need to go get the old iPod or the new iPod yeah. and get a case for it. And that should, because I could, I was screwed. This is my foreshadowing Delorum, of stuff to come right here. My Delorum and my sat phone, because I have the uh, sat phone, the uh, uh, Go, what's it called? Iridium Go. Iridium Go. Yeah, those are those are good anyway. that, that they, took, they took the water, no problem, right? <laughs> yeah, but if I don't have a phone to hook up to them, how the hell do I do anything with them? Well, your, your Iridium you could still use. Mm-mm. There's no buttons on it. You pick it up and you... Yeah, it's, it's a pain in the butt. It's really cheesy, but you can. I don't think so. I, you can. Well, you'll have to show me. That yeah. box that has the, uh, the thing that pops up? The, De- the DeLorme. No, the oh, DeLorme. The I'm DeLorme. talking about the Iridium. Did I say the Iridium? You yeah. could still use your DeLorme. I you could, could, yeah. yeah you're, you were screwed with, with uh, Iridium. Right. So... Did... So. did uh, well, because uh, so just, anyway, I just told you I was going to do that, yeah. and then I ended up in the drink. But I'll talk to you about the drink. So I can I, I'm an enthusiast when I go on these trips. So backing up, Brian and Brad. Okay, hold on, backing up. I should tell you who's here. Uh, Brad Dane is here, and and uh, um, bleep um, <laughs> Brian Leslie. Okay, so just hey, just I'm just making sure I do my due diligence and get everybody announced. So go ahead, Brad. All right, so Brian and I. Plan this great kick butt trip for Sitka Blacktail on Kodiak Island. <laughs> right? And so we planned this a couple of years ago, but stuff kept getting in the way and kind of getting pushed off. And it's a it's a deer hunt in December, essentially, mm-hmm. which is good because most of the other stuff's starting to taper off. Unless you're shotgun hunting in Iowa. Yeah. Right. Um, so we moved it to this year, which is COVID year, right? But that's okay. The vid. The vid. The Rona. The Rona. The Rona. That's what your staff calls it, the Rona. The Rona virus. So anyway, um, and, and it's pretty exciting, really good outfitter that we've got. We've, he's thoroughly vetted, but we've not. Brian and I had never been up and shot Sitka Blacktail. And so in the pictures you are about to see, if you go, like I saw your picture, with my seat yeah, sitting. Yeah, go to our Instagram right yeah, now. Instagram, Rolling Bones Outfitters. Did you see your seat empty? I saw we, my we seat empty. cases in it. I saw my seat. Actually, we were laughing. We were I, like, I almost seat. made a comment, but I was, I was, I was hurt and <laughs> mad. And well, I was having a blast, by the so way. So I was mert. I, I, I was had, mad hurt. I had had beers at the 49th brew, uh, uh, the brew house in Anchorage. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. So anyway, this we got a really cool kick butt trip planned we got our tickets got our tickets purchased got tickets from uh we we even had a private charter because the way it worked out i mean this was dialed in we had transport just smoking dialed in and it's the year of the rona so brian gets sick i'm like oh shit dude you're not you're not gonna make no i got covid you got covid not a question bigger than life and i mean like 
I still can't smell her taste. You still can't. Mm-mm. So that was like a month ago. Today, now. actually, today I smelled three things. I smelled. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was like, ooh. So no, <laughs> shut up. So I'm like, yeah, Brian's not gonna because because you, you gotta blow, you gotta you gotta do the Rona test to get on the airplane <laughs> and get into Alaska. And no. so Brian and I, we order this test, and Brian, I know Brian's gonna flag it. And I'm like, I'm going to pass. And that is not how it happened. No, it was absolutely in reverse. Brian blows green and Brad Dito blows red. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a go. First of all. I, I missed a trip, Brian. I, I, yeah. I had, I had called my physician and said, hey, listen, this was the circumstances. So he did one of those video things. And he gives me a get out of free jail card. Because when you go into Alaska now, it's like getting into a foreign state. They have all these people um, sitting there. But we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so he, he got his letter of dispensation from the Pope, you know, essentially saying, no, he's coronavirus <laughs> free, right? I'm vidding. Because <laughs> he, Brian I'm, knows, we know he's going to blow green or blow red. Yeah, he's not we, going. There's no he's question. Lindley had it so bad she got out of bed for four days. Uh, I can't taste her <laughs> smell. And I had night sweats like, like somebody was, you know, bleeding me out. And, and so, and yeah. me, I just keep cruising. I'm like, sweet. So, and we were all exposed on the same place on the same day. Yeah. And Brad was with me. So, Brad's like, well, you know, so we called Delta and we said, hey, what's going to happen if we, and she's like, oh no, all the people at Delta have been getting it too, but we have to have a positive, a, a negative, negative test to come back to work. And so, and within 14 days, we're 70%, 80% of us have negative tests. So, we're feeling pretty good about we're it. We're feeling really good about yeah. it. Yeah. So little old uh, Debbie from the the Delta concierge department, <laughs> she was half right. Brian got to go. Brad Dito did. Brad he? still had it. Yeah, but here's the problem. Brad Brad has his temperature taken every day. I have my temperature taken every day, twice a day. So there's no way, of being a dentist, that he would have known he had it. So he was asymptomatic the whole time, but it was still in his uh, blood. Yep. But now he couldn't get a get out a free jail card from the Pope um, because that wasn't available. <laughs> and yeah, and so it's a bummer. So I was, you know, I was a little mopey and a little whiny and, and, and a little bit crabby. And I was, I was. And m- you had to quarantine because you didn't know exactly. Yeah, I didn't know exactly. So I quarantined. My whole family got stuck in in the house. But that, you know what? Um, it, it is what it is. But I did notice my seat was open because I was right behind you on the other side. Of the aisle, and nobody got my seat, so that that was good. And Delta, Delta gave me a voucher, which I'm surprised about that I didn't get my, because Alaska Airlines gave Your me my money Your seat was open back. on the private Piper Cheyenne that went from uh, Anchorage yeah. to. Um, Kodiak, and then your seat was also, but that's okay. We filled it up with uh, gear and and wine and yeah. ribeye steaks, and it wasn't that we had a bad time. I know. I just want you. To I, know. I lost out, and and if I would have been there. I could have saved Brian because Susie, I had to explain to Susie why Brian went in the drink. And I said, well, I bet I know exactly what happened. When he jumped off the pontoon because he got, he got swallowed up by the ocean. And I've seen it happen to Brian one well, that other was time. A, that, was, that, was a, that was a whole different deal. We'll talk about that in a second. But, but, but you know what? If you're thinking about flying and you're listening to this, I, I, I have to give you some advice. There's some specifics that we need to cover right now if we could take digress a minute from the story, okay? And what those specifics are and what most people don't understand is when they go on trips like this, um, the people that go the first time, they get to the, the air charter or the air taxi companies, and they're like, let's go. 
and then they call in and they get a weather report and they go, oh, we can't go. So I'm with two guys that have never done it, Chris and Brad. Great people, but they've never done this. And they're all of a sudden, and, and Chris is, I call him Henry because he's, he's another dentist. You know, he's made a lot of money. He's, uh, but, and, 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 and he, I mean, he. So he's uber sophisticated like me is what you're no, saying. No, not at all. <laughs> um, not at all. He, he's a little bit more cultured than you, but a little bit more whiny and kind of, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, oh, Henry, when can I go? Is this going to be ready yet? And I'll actually tell you how, uh, how Henry he is. And he's probably listening to this, so it'll be awesome. I love you, Chris. So anyway, and, uh, um, but great guy. Some of our dearest friends, right? And uh, he, uh, um, we get there, and he's like, they go, well, probably not going to go tonight. And we sat around there for an hour. We're waiting for a weather report from Michael. We waited. I'm all sleeping already, just kind of moved into a couch, waiting. We got all our gear. We got our hunting, you know, our adventure clothes on. Got our hip boots on. And uh, the pilot goes, yeah, we probably won't go today. Um, and... Uh, so, because we got another half an hour of time, and we'd have to get out in that half the window. An hour. Yeah, and so the pilot goes. So we'll see what uh, we'll see how that works. And then about two minutes later, he goes, "All right, see you all tomorrow." And of course, of course, Henry, Chris, he's going. Well, wait a second. They were going to give us another half an hour. This is unacceptable. This is time. We have, you know, and I'm like, that, that uh, half hour isn't going to change anything. That, that's Alaska, the broken brother. arrow. They were just telling us. So we went and checked. They took us the taxi service, not the taxi service. Yeah, the air taxi service took us to a hotel. We checked in. And he said, we open at 9, we'll let you know. Well, the next morning, so what? Well, one, we had such a great time that night because halibut is amazing in Alaska. So we had fish and chips, and he had lobster, or a, uh, yeah, king crab, and we ate like kings. And, uh, and, we, we and drank. meanwhile, you guys are eating like kings. You're, I unpacked my bag, and I took, because I got booted. My wife had surgery, so then she throws her back out, and she's like, well, if you've got COVID, you're not sleeping in our bed. So yeah. I took my sleeping bag out. And slept on a gymnastics. Well, just mat. so you know, we were drinking. So I hope I, we I were hope drinking you had a good wine time. and beer and I hope, kings. Uh, yeah. So the next morning we get up, we eat breakfast. Oh, I got to tell you the hypocrisy. At night, when you're spending money, you could go sit in the restaurant, but in the morning um, for the uh, breakfast, the hot breakfast that they serve, you couldn't sit in the restaurant. <laughs> Oh, because of COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. Oh, so tonight, how, how the, rich the, is the that? The virus is so smart that you can't get it if you're spending money. But if you're taking advantage of the hot breakfast, yeah. then you can't. So anyway, it was, oh it was hilarious. Gosh. So we're sitting there, and and uh, um, he goes, call him. I go, I'm not calling him at 9 o'clock. He says, it's 8.59. You need to call him. Plus, that's, and I said, that's the worst time anyway. Yeah, I said, there's nothing we can do right now. I said, there's nothing. So anyway, we sit there for about an hour, 45 minutes. The phone rings. And I, he goes, is it them? And I get it. When you're flying in and you're going on a trip like this, most people are so impatient because they're so excited about getting in. But what you learn is that you don't want to push pilots and you don't want to push weather. Yeah, I heard this a long time ago. You'd rather be down here wishing you were up there than up there wishing you were down here. Right. And uh, so I said, hey, listen, though, get us out when they get us out. We shouldn't worry about it. Well, the truth be known, what we found out. So anyway, well, I won't get there yet. So we go over to the air taxi, and he goes, we're going to try to slip through the pass. 
and we'll try to we'll we'll, we'll see if we can uh, uh, make it in before the uh, surf gets up w um, because uh, there 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 is a little bit of the tide coming in, and I'm like slip through, see if we can. These are words that you never want to hear a bush pilot tell you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's not sounding and good at all. I'm like, how long have you been a bush pilot? Because that's what I ask the first time every right. time. So anyway, we get out there. We buzz the tower twice, and uh, the, the tide's ripping in, and the surf's coming up, and he lands. And we go in, and I looked out the window, and the guide was not happy because we know him really well, and I could see he had a pissed scowl on his face. When he grabbed the wing rope, I watched him come out of the water two and a half feet from the wing because the plane and the, and the floats were going up and down. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. Well, the two guides come running out to grab the rudder and the tail to bring the boat in as close as they could. Well, we unloaded the two hunters. Um, we unloaded a lot of the gear, and then I was going to be the last one to get off. And um, which makes the plane a little bit more buoyant, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, and now we've killed 35, 40 minutes. And I guess we got some of the gear off first. And the pontoon shot you like uh, no, a teeter-totter without a kid nope, on the other end? not actually at all. I jumped <laughs> off in between swells, but I did, you know, we didn't know. Mm -hmm. And the guide went to reach for my hand like he had everybody else to bring me in. And uh, the surf came through in a three-foot wave. Just, I took one step, it wiped me out, it wiped the guide out, and it wiped um, his assistant guide out, and we were all underwater. My, my only thing was they were on their knees, and they came up. I was flat on my back on the ocean floor looking straight up <laughs> <laughs> through, the, through the salt water. So six foot four doesn't help you at no, all, six, does it? Now when you're laying on your back, you're the size of every average man laying on your back. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, I come up out of the water. <laughs> and and you know you, there's that distinct taste of salt water, and so anyway, but we still got more gear, so we run to the shore. We start unloading gear. It's 38 degrees out, and the the water temperature was 38 degrees. And uh, um, see, my assumption it was going to be one of the boats, and you tried to get off the boat, and nope. uh, you got hit. No, nope. how that how that boat. Comes so so back. just to let the other people know, um, I I I'm I'm willing to help. And we were in a, a brown bear hunt, Brad and I, and we were going up. And he goes, somebody needs to jump up on the shore and, and grab the rope because um, the tide's going out. And so he comes motoring up. And, well, if you've never done the tide going out with the boat coming in, what you don't re You don't do it on the first one. You don't do it on the wash you, because there's wait. a wave coming in from the boat, but the tide's coming out. <laughs> so you can get suspended in air when you jump because the boat's going back out no matter how big the, the, the swell from the boat is coming in. So I'm like, I'm an athlete. Yeah, I got the rope. And I go to jump off and get on the land. And I'm like, oh, I look down at the <laughs> Zodiac is flying. It's going out. one way. It's going, and, and you're the, not. And the shore <laughs> is going the other way. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Yosemite Sam. This is going to be cool. In a cartoon, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so all I know I can do, I look back and I'm like, oh, I'm going to grab the rubber or the uh, cord the on the rope Zodiac. On the Zodiac. So I grab it and I'm like, so I grab it by this hand and I got the the um, the boat in this hand. And all of a sudden, the boat now comes back in as I'm going under the boat. <laughs> and I'm in over my head in the water. <laughs> I was like, because like Susie, how in the world did that happen? How did he? And I go, I bet he was, I'm surprised because he's played this game before and he knows how to get out of a boat. Yeah, that wasn't but it. But it wasn't the boat. That I wasn't the boat. Know. I didn't. 
No, it was it was so it was too rough a season. So yeah. Mike, so you guys really were borderline on you shouldn't have gone. No, we should absolutely day. shouldn't you, have. You should have been. You should have. So stayed. we got on the uh, we got on the uh, shore and we were going up there and everybody's wet. So he's like, "Get this shit. We got to get in. We got to get you guys dried off." Well, because when we had the conference call with Brad and Chris, we said, "Hey, plan on wearing your stuff right in because wear your weather's gear, weather's you're weather. Gonna, you're going to get out in hunting. This is." Just assume you're hunting when you walk Yeah, you're just in the plane. wilderness, right. and even though you're not shooting your rifle, you're going to still need all your gear on. Right. So that's exactly right. So here's what happens. Now, he, he's, like, he's like, we'd have been dead if we didn't have these cabins here because there's no way to fix hypothermia when we're as wet as we are. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so anyway, he, after I fell in and we got out, he just, he said, broken arrow. He yelled at the guy, and, and he, now, to the, to the bush pilot's defense, old Peter, he was amazing. He rode that sucker like a horse, man. He would jump back in there, taxi out, bring it back in. To, and he tried that three, four times, and finally Michael's like, we're done. Get the hell out of here. And uh, so he got on his horse and flew off. And uh, <laughs> Mike, because he and, and half our gear was off and half our gear was in. All our rifles um, and uh, all the – So that's why you got such a slow start. Yeah. So you didn't have your you weren't deer, you weren't deer hunting w- no. with a, a no. blowgun dart. No. Hey, no. let's 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 no. spit these curari darts at these Sitka deer. Let's yeah. see if we can kill them at three to five hundred yards away. No. Oh, uh, interesting. So 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 he he break. So the next morning they got it. So in. your first day you lose your phone because I was like no communication and there was apparently cell service there, huh? A little bit, right? Well, only if you had uh, AT&T. Or oh, so you wouldn't something. have had cell service anyway. No, but I could have gotten on one of their hot spots. But I, I didn't want it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I do want communication back home um, as we run businesses. And, uh, you know, it was what it was. So, so, But the hunt itself, though, I have to tell you, two deer, right? two fox. The fox were amazing. 50, and they're 20. Uh, listen, I took pictures of it. Russell and I. Uh, and you, we, we hunt coyotes all over. A 25 to 28 pound coyote is the average. We killed two fox over 28 pounds. It, it, we killed two fox over 20, uh, 25, 24.9 over 25 pounds. So it was pretty crazy. But, uh, but yeah, it, w- it was nuts. So the fox were crazy. But here's the deal. $5,500, two deer, two fox, meals, lodging. Float plane, inexpensive. Yeah. 1200 bucks split four ways. And an off-season hunt, kind of. It is an off-season hunt. Yeah. I'm telling you. And the weather wasn't, the weather, it's not like, it's not like McGrath. No, because uh, it's, you know, it yeah. was actually warmer and though it was or warmer. Or Alakanuk or yeah. something like that. His cabin, his, the cabin setting's up about 80 feet from the, um, and it got colder up there than it was down in the water because the water is warmer, right? And uh, keeps keeps the the place warmer. But I will tell you this: for that type of money, you were hunting just like you hunt brown bear. You right. were hunting just like you hunt mountain goats, just not on the top of the mountain, but on all the roly polies, and you were on the side of the mountains. And in Kodiak, the brown bear were still out. Yeah, we saw a lot of brown bear. There, uh, um, there are not many Kodiak or brown bears out where we normally hunt brown bear. No, right now. there's not one out, right? Because right? um, they're all they're all denned up, which is super cool. You got to see. I mean, what a cool hunt for people. If for I'm telling you. If you're looking for adventure, you know what this would be really if, – if you're a deer hunter, you owe it to yourself to kill one of these deer. Now, they don't have crazy big horns, but the mystery that these were a 70-pound deer is so full of – Well, beef. now, you had a – because for some reason, I still don't understand why you guys – why he told you to leave your pack because you never leave your pack on a I never leave like my this. pack. 
But uh, and you left your pack, and then you drug a stupid deer for a mile and a half. The one place was for sure a mile and a half. I drugged the deer, and my shoulders were sore, sore the next day, and my legs. Um, and but, I could have. So I think I, I seriously think these deer are not as big. I think this is a mile and a half drag. You know what's gonna be great? <laughs> you know what's gonna be great is we're gonna go, and I'm gonna shoot one, and you're gonna drag it back, and you're gonna see. And then we'll do another <laughs> podcast, well, and you can say, "Oh, I, I sorry, see. there, Brian." Well, I'm not gonna leave my pack. Well, I so I wouldn't either. Well, I'm surprised you left your. I'm really surprised. I, you I, left I your never pack. do. So he's like, "Nah, we'll just hey, we'll just go up here a little ways, and we'll see a few deer. No big deal." And uh, um, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, that wasn't a little ways." And then especially if we're gonna. And then the next day was even worse because we killed that thing on a, and it rolled down the mountain in the nastiest gut you've ever seen in your life, and uh, it was total sheep hunting. I mean, it was straight down to get out of it. So I would say from somebody who just got to see this from afar because I got hit by the election infection mm-hmm. and didn't get a go, the fox, I, I'm really sad I didn't get a shoot because I've missed one of those ar- big Arctic fox. The one I missed because sh- we were on a moose hunt. and Yeah, because you missed. I missed. My, my, <laughs> yeah, my scope, my scope came loose. Mm-hmm. And I still remember that fox. But they are that those silver fox. Oh my gosh, are they an amazing, amazing? They're just animal. they're just crazy. So the story with that is in the twenties or thirties. There was a guy who had one of the largest fox farms ever because it's the perfect place to raise hides and have fox. And uh, um, the market went to stink instead of feeding all these fox. He said, "Screw it," and he let them all out. Wow. And now there's silvers and reds and hybrids between the two crosses. And uh, I killed. So I killed my first deer, 300 yards straight uphill. And by the way. Um, it would be an amazing place to go do a shooting school of Kodiak because it ex- it's extreme. It's straight up or straight down. Right. I've never had this before. I ranged him. He was 305 yards uphill, and I have my shooting sticks out, and I go to get down below it. I, I, couldn't, do, I couldn't get any lower, and I couldn't get the gun any higher without being up on my knees sitting on my butt. So I kind of moved off to the side and struggled around, and then I shot from the side that first one at 300 yards. And uh, um, it was one of the toughest shots I've ever had to make. But uh, <laughs> Michael goes, uh, I think you missed. And I'm like, oh, wow. I, I, fe- I felt pretty good, even though it was a weird shot. I said, I thought I saw the vapor trail go right into him. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. But I'm shooting this new six-millimeter uh, super fast thing out of a 20-inch barrel. And uh, um, and and I just built you a new load. And we, we haven't put the time. Well, it doesn't yeah. matter because yeah. I drilled it. Yeah, and uh, um, at the end of the day, I got another bu- bullet racked in, and I said, "Yeah, I think he's uh, he's either dying of a heart attack if I missed, or I might have hit him, and because he was flipping down the mountain." So anyway, we went up to keep hunting this drainage, and we went up about another mile and a half. Saw about another eight nine deer probably in total, and uh, we came back down. By the time we came back down, there was, I think I counted thirteen eagles. I have no idea how many magpies and ravens, right. but 13 eagles on the on the gut pile and a fox. And um, the fox ran off, and he was probably only 30 yards away. And I'm like, dude. And Michael goes, let's just go over by the street, sit down, and he'll probably be right back. I didn't no longer get sit down. That fox come flying back. And so I got the party started. I killed a deer and a fox in the same place. And uh, it, was, it was, honestly, it was just like, God, I'm in Alaska. And, uh, and I, this is my 14th trip to Alaska, and I feel like the most blessed man in the world. This is one of the greatest adventures I've ever had. Apps for 5500 bucks, 
you can't. So it's the same thing as a brown bear hunt. It's the same thing as a goat right. hunt. You're not killing a goat. You're not killing a brown bear. Okay, yeah. that's fifteen and twenty-five thousand. This is fifty-five hundred. You're hunting the same territory, same cabins, same adventure. Fifty-five hundred bucks, two deer, uh, two fox. It was amazing. Right. And and you guys, did you eat uh, while you were there? Did you eat any uh, of this venison? Oh, I, I got to tell you, because there's all this folklore out there that this is the best tasting. How, how bad do I hate venison? You hate venison. How bad? You would like. Beyond belief. Yeah, you don't like it. You so, puke every time so you've got a mule So this folklore says this. So yeah. I'm like, okay, Michael, I don't want any seasoning on this shit. I want to know what it tastes like. Yeah. Now, my taste. Did you bring some home? And my like taste is about 40% back at this right? time. Okay, 50% back. And, uh, and so maybe COVID, uh, it was COVID. Oh, but, but So it wasn't bad for you. I'm you telling you, I, <laughs> I cut the whole loin out. I stripped it off. I'll put some pictures on Instagram today. I stripped it out. I sliced it quarter inch thick in medallions, uh-huh. little fillets, cutlets. He did it in olive oil and butter and threw it on a plate. It was literally the best wild game other than doll sheep I've ever eaten in my life. I couldn't get enough of it. Oh, wow. Did not taste like venison. Now, here's how I know I could taste a little moose in the moose. And he did make goat burger, and I couldn't, the goat was, the goat was good, and I, I, I owe him a big kudos on that because I was like, so anyway, go ahead. You know, we had goat too last year, and it was good. Mm. Of all, you thought it, so? I thought it was pretty good. It was not bad. So I, I have a question for you. <laughs> Believe here. So both Brian, both you and I have hunted deer in Iowa. Yes. In our lives. Okay. And I thought you said a minute ago that if you hunted Iowa deer, this is a trip for you. Yes. So why? Why would you say that? Oh, because if you're because. Because so all my buddies in Iowa, right? They they they, they like to do a DIY thing. Because you know these saying? deer are about as big antler wise as those Iowa white. Tips. No, they're not even close. <laughs> so so, but their their antlers can't get big in the shit they live in. There's just genetically. I mean, you know, like I killed a really good one, and he was just out to his ears. You what's know, he? Uh, what's he? 113 inch deer? Yeah, maybe a hundred, but 120 is book. <laughs> Does that make sense? 120 right. is book. Yeah. So I shot like 150 inch deer because 170 inch deer is booking yeah. up, you know. So anyway, so um, but here's why: it's a DIY hunt. You're deer hunting. A deer hunter is a deer hunter. It's in their blood. You know right. that. Yep. And and these Iowa guys can go up there and do semi uh, guided DIY because they're hiking. They're they get and they see a lot of deer every day, and the fox. And Iowa boys are normally fur bears. They love to hunt fox and they love right. to hunt deer. And and it's in an Alaska setting. So they can get out. Instead of coming out to Wyoming and spending eight grand on a mule deer hunt or two grand to get out here and chase mule deer and not get one, freaking call us and we put you in here. You have an Alaska adventure of a lifetime. And these guys I went with, um, Chris and Brad Clark, they're from Ohio, giant deer hunters. They hunt Pennsylvania, Ohio, same as Iowa, you know, and they just went, this is the craziest stuff I've ever done in my life. This is unbelievable. Wow. But what if I'm like, you know, 12 gauge, and we're talking rifle. Yeah, they, the, if you're from Iowa, you need to get a hold of one of our representatives, our advisors from Iowa, you're and go shoot one a, of their rifles. You're going to need a rifle. You're, you're going to need, need a rifle. A yeah, of, rifle. Co- of course, yes. Yeah, we'll sell them a rifle. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not above that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what's surprising? A lot of guys from Iowa love having. You know, they, they love their rifles. They're, you know, I, I think of guys like Kevin Huber and yeah. and uh, Scott Destifel and guys like these. They just go nuts, and they have a lot of them. And you know, yeah. 
So Brett's always calling with a rifle question. Or yeah, something. they yeah. They, hey. they love it. But we got plenty of advisors back there. You just call in here, we'll get you in touch, and we'll rock and roll. But yeah, that's why I say that. But if if I'm a if I'm a hunter that's never hunted anywhere outside of Iowa mm-hmm. for deer. Um, is this something a step that you would recommend you yeah. take or yeah yeah what would you no. do before, I'd jump what would right you do in. to prep no I jump right into this and here's well, why here, yeah cost cost for sure one cost two cost. we have it all organized that's why we went in so we 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 book brown bear hunts in with this guy and and he's been telling us forever hey I got a great deer hunt you guys should sell and we're like yeah okay and we're like it's black tail and he goes dude if people ever did this I'm telling you you'd you'd love it I mean it's great he goes and I got plenty of spots and I don't sell any and so Brad and I obviously like to vet our stuff so we set this we've been talking to him for two years ago do this like Brad had mentioned and then we went up here well the reality is is we know exactly how to help you get to Anchorage. We got uh, how to help you get to Kodiak. When you get to Kodiak, the Island Air, the air service shuttle we use, they have shuttle, ground shuttle service. If you get stuck there for an extra day because weather's bad, no big deal. They take you. They have pre. They have they have reserved rooms at the Best Western. They just take you there, drop you off. You give them your name. I'm here with Island Air. I, I had I had an amazing room. I, shit, I had a, a shower. They had three heads in a in a chair. I sat in there for an hour on the way back, going, "Oh, this is so awesome!" It was almost as nice as the motel in Bethel. No, <laughs> yeah. it was definitely not Bethel. That would not be one I would tell. That would not be a that would not be an adventure for an Iowa boy no. or a Midwestern boy to go on the first time. They'd be ruined for life. That would, no. well, you know the no. saying, a little Western. That was a lot Western. Yeah, you don't want to go to Bethel. Speaking of Western, then what about the foot? Okay, so the foot. So there's there's rumors that I might have a broken foot. So so we kill three deer on one day and three fox. And the and Chris and Brad's guides pack them out. Well, the 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 where you hunt from is an old trapper's cabin and it's a lodge and that's the cookhouse he's turned it into. Now he's built a little home for him there. And that's right there. And then, but that old trapper's cabin, it's the coolest thing in the world. It's all, I mean, it is so cool, right? It's the quintessential Alaska trapper's cabin. I had to duck to get in and out of it, but it was amazing. Hot coffee. It was just crazy. You can't, it, it's everything you've ever thought of if you were a kid reading Field Bear. Fred well, Bear what a fun notes. hunt because, first of all, there's no, it's not a rush either. You, you're in this setting. You're in a trapper's cabin. doesn't get light until 10. Yeah, you, 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 were out, you were out on the road by 10.30, or 9.30, 9.30. You, you wake up, you have your coffee, you're in the trapper's cabin. Well, that, you, that's how the, the foot happened. Yeah, because so, I can just see you. You were chopping wood. No, here's yeah. what happens. Oh. So, so we, 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 we had some adult beverages that night and, and out of a bottle with not a lot to mix with it. Does that make sense? And so you drank alcohol. Um, uh, well, I said adult beverages. That's loose interpretation. You t- you decide. So anyway, we were there. Um, I didn't know you drank. We all went to bed late that night. We killed three fox, three deer. And I I called home to Lindley and I said, Ah, well, you know, everything's going great, and uh, everything was good. And I let my hair down. We had a lot of fun. So the next morning, it was supposed to get cold that night. And there's and it had snowed the day we killed all the deer, the three deer and the three fox. And it was supposed to snow a little bit that night and get down to about zero. So we had all forgot to stoke the fire in the trapper's cabin. And the guides were still in bed. And Chris gets up at six and he goes over to the trapper's cabin. 
to see if anybody's in there, and there was hot coffee on. And he comes back, and he goes, don't go in the damn trapper's cabin. And it was probably 6.30, quarter to 7. And he goes, and, and it's pitch black, right? And he goes, and, it's colder than hell. We didn't have a fire in there. Forgot to stoke it. And our guides aren't up. And I'm like, Henry, right? So I'm like. So he's identifying all these potential pitfalls. Well, yeah, he's, a cla- he's definitely a collateral <laughs> thinker. So I'm like, well, dude, I know how to start a fire. <laughs> In a and make stove. coffee. I grew up in Iowa, and I know how to put grounds in a coffee, get it hot, and go push it down, and have chunks in the coffee because that's what you drink. Cowboy right? coffee. Yeah, it's just total chew that shit. So anyway, um, I get up, and I'm like, "Well, dude." So I got my I got my sleeping shorts on, and I just pull my merino wools over them, and I throw on a sweatshirt. My sleeping shorts. That just sounds weird. And, uh, well, okay, what do you want me to say? So, anyway, <laughs> I... Uh, do you have a special, like, do they have, like, little yeah, little animals on Lindley, them? Lindley sprays perfume on them before I go <laughs> so I can smell them and I'm missing her. So. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you leave me alone. <laughs> you, you wish you had some. So, <laughs> anyway, so I, I proceed to go, I'll get this you know, I got this. I'll, and I go, those guys were up all night skinning, cutting, fleshing, drinking. Let's do – I'm like, dude, I'll go do them a favor. I'll get the – when they come in there, the fire will be rolling. Well, you didn't even think coffee. I'm going to do them a favor. That's just how you are in camp. It's, it's how I, mean, I am that's in how camp. We, we, yeah, just, it's not like we need babysit. Yeah, just jump in and help. Yeah. And I've split 10 million cords of wood, cut, heating my whole house and the and the barn and the uh, – and the uh, cabinet shop with it in Iowa growing up as a kid so I'm like no problem so we had a stack of cedar obviously if you're starting fires cedar starts fast right so we had a stack of cedar off to the side so I split one cedar because I was like I'll go in there with the kindling and I'll cheat a little bit I'll throw some kerosene in on the kindling like that throw the cedar on top woof we'll have instant made fire so I split the first one no problem where there was a dusting of snow so that splitting stump I don't know if it had a snow on it or what? Frozen whiskey? Maybe. <laughs> the second one I go to split, I hit it, and I'm, I'm half sleeping, man. I got to be honest. And I hit a knot. And I'm like, no big deal. So now my mall's stuck. And I'm like, no big deal. So I just pick the whole thing up, and I go to do that again. And I go to swing it with the, the, the uh, chunk of cedar on it. And I don't know if it slipped or the knot pushed it out. But that son of a sucker came flying at my foot, and I had Crocs on. And it came flying. And I, I tried to react, and I slipped right. And my right foot went back, and my left foot planted. And that damn mall came back and split me wide open on the top of arch of my foot. And it went boom, boom, right up to my shin. So I had two cuts. I looked down, and it wasn't one second. It looked like I had two golf balls on top of my uh, foot with splits in them, cuts. Well, they call them accidents for a reason. Exactly. Because you wouldn't plan on that crap, did you? And I'm no. I'm like, oh. Um, hey, I think we should take a break to uh, pimp our sponsor, <laughs> Black Hills Butcher Shop. And this, uh, what are we going to call this? Uh, Hunter salami with the, the uh, high temperature melt cheddar cheese. So, so for listeners that aren't here, somebody brought this into the podcast <laughs> studio today. It's, yeah, uh, so sitting the, here, this pile of smoked, right. oh. smoked sausage in front of us here. Yeah, there's a pile of smoked sausage. <laughs> and so and you can just hear, oh, it's good. It's going <laughs> down. So now, now back to the golf ball split on your right. foot. So I got two of these balls on my foot, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So Chris is a dentist, and, you know, and, and – 
obviously has done all of what dentists do um, and know uh, the human anatomy and cuts and sores, and he does surgery and implants and He shit. probably looked and said, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> he looked at it, and I come back, and I'm like, oh. And he goes, what happened? I, I, I pointed out my foot, and he goes, holy shit. Um, he goes, you need some, and immediately, he's like, you need some. And I go, I think that's, what do they call them, a hema? He goes, a hematome. Or hematoma. He, a hematoma. He goes, yeah. Because usually when it happens that fast, there, there, there's, some, there's some type of damage, maybe some broken bone. Then he goes, or a fracture for sure. He goes, that doesn't look good. He goes, you need four Advil right now, and then we're going to stagger Advil and Tylenol because you're going to, and he's giving me all the, how your uh, liver does this and bullshit. You know, he's a dentist, so he's giving me all this dentard information. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and so then he goes, <laughs> I, I go stick my foot out in the snow, and I'm like, oh, I got to get swollen down. He goes, you know, that's going to swell up too big. You might not be able to go hunting today. And I'm like, hey. Let's not get carried away with this. I'm going hunting today. Yeah, I and just got done hunting three weeks ago with nasty Rona virus and a exactly. 103 degree temperature. This, I, if this I went, isn't going to slow if, me if, down. If I went mule deer hunting with the 102.9 <laughs> degree temperature, I am going to go with a broken foot today. Are you shitting me? So anyway, I uh, um, he goes, he, he goes, what are you going to do? And I go, I'm going to stuff this boot, foot in my boot and lace it up. He's like. Oh, man. I go, what would you do if we went to the doctor? He goes, probably put it in a boot and put you on some anti-inflammatories. And I'm like, well, perfect. I got some anti-inflammatories, vitamin uh, E. Vitamin I. Uh, vitamin I. Yeah, ibuprofen. So I got some vitamin I. And uh, um, I'm ready to go. So I shoved my foot in my boot, laced it up, and I only fell twice that day. Um, but uh, And that's, yeah. like, typical. That's no big deal, then. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! What a shot. So anyway, oh, yeah, man. it was so it was a pretty normal day for me then. <laughs> Ass. Oh so, my gosh. Um, so anyway, yeah. That, so that's what happened. My foot. So I left the boot on. Actually, um, I have a pair of uh, uh, these. We love these. Uh, what are they called? I was alpaca wool socks, and I got a pair that's pretty fitted. And so I pulled those on, and I didn't take them off for two days. I just left them on. Because they're they're pretty tight. Do you usually wear the thin alpaca ones? Um, no, I wear the thick, thick ones. ones. Yeah, me but too. I, I got I a really pair. like those. Ones. Yeah, and I got a pair that I bought in uh, Deer Valley that it's pretty tight. Yeah, I've got all different the all yeah. different thicknesses, yeah. but I almost always wear the thicker ones. I do. I yeah. really like those. I sweaters. love them. So anyway, I left it on for two days when I took it off. Well, it was so black and blue, my whole foot. It was just like and so. You went. Up. You you switched from the thick ones on that foot. To the thin ones to compensate for no, this. I put I put the thick ones on. Oh, you did. And I shoved that foot in. It took me 15, 20 minutes to oh, get my foot in. There. I bet that hurt. Oh boy, you couldn't imagine. I I I, I and my, you still you still uh, had to shoot uh, another deer fox. and a fox. I just had a fox. I was oh, done deer hunting. You were done deer hunting. And then thank God I got that fox right away in the morning. Oh, those fox were amazing looking. Yeah, I caught a, I shot shot one twenty four and a half pounds. Um, and he was a uh, um, big male hybrid. And you shot, so you shot a hybrid fox. Two hybrids. Two hybrid fox, two Sitka blacktail. So you guys just had a blast, fun trip. Um, uh, you know, and you got to give it to the pilot. You know, we're, we've flown out a few times with that Jose, who's a great bush pilot. And, and when you're off your game and you get a different one, you got to really respect those guys. Because yeah, good ones are good, and and and, and this one, yeah. Pete, I, I will tell you this: he got in and out of that boat, and he tried to get us in and just yeah. push a little to it. And and you never know. By the time we flew over there, which was 30, 40 minutes from Kodiak right. through a pass, um, you, 
it literally could have changed, right. you know, an eight inches, uh, you know, all 10 inches. All of a sudden you got a, a 12 foot swell, and then you got a, a two foot C. And because um, one of the things that we've done over the years is this is not, this is not the time to price shop for getting your bush plane. No, I, you it, want the best pilot that you absolutely can. Cause when you fly out, usually uh, how many times do we fly out and it's bluebird nice day? Yeah, very not very many. Sometimes though, fifty fifty maybe. Yeah. yeah, and then and then when it's time to come home, oftentimes it's El Crapo. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Well, I always I told him you'd rather be on this end waiting to get in than that way and waiting to get out. Right. And that's what happened on the end of the trip. We lost a half a day of hunting yeah. because um, Michael came in and said, "Hey, I uh, got an executive decision. There's a window. I can get the plane here in two hours, but tomorrow morning we're going to have thirty mile an hour east winds and we could have up to seven foot seas." And I'm like, "Get our ass out of here." That's the, an easy answer. <laughs> so here's the code for, for everybody listening who doesn't know. Okay, guys, we have a window. Yeah. That's code for get your shit, get packed up, <laughs> let's and, get, and let's go. And let's go. That is absolutely the code because oftentimes we want to be sitting there. Okay, we're tagged out. Well, and that's what he said. He goes, you guys it. could wait, but you might, you're going to be here for the weekend. Yeah. Because it ain't going to break till Monday or Tuesday. So we're like, hey, these cells get caught in the mountains, you know what I'm saying, in Alaska, and they don't leave. They, they can just sit there and they just move real slowly for two, three days. And that's the thing about Alaska that people don't understand. Now, the thing that I think is crazy – and I'm not discouraging it, but I'm absolutely discouraging it. I think. How did it, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm not discouraging it, but I think you're crazy if you do it. How is uh-huh. that? So, people, you can do Alaska Kodiak Blacktail DIY totally. You don't have to have a guide. Yep. So, but to get to where there's no pressure, okay, or no, no concession where somebody's going to be hunting on top of you, you need about a $1,800 to $2,000 bush plane. All right. Then you need to have all your gear. And that's going to cost you probably a thousand bucks if you're bringing it from the lower 48. If you're going to go up there and buy it, it's going to cost you two grand. It's not that much more it, expensive to do it right and go with. You're going to have to buy all professional your, and you're you're got brown bears up there, and and they're exactly just living with them. You're, you're not. Yeah, and, you're going to buy all you're your food. Live in a tent. You're you're going to be right. living with brown bears, and and you 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 if you're not used to handling them, then what are you going to do? Shoot one because he comes in smelling stuff, and then you're going to be fighting with a brown bear over your blacktail deer. And uh, so so my thing is is you're going to be fifteen hundred dollars difference. I'd right. like to do the math on this sometime and put it on um, Instagram, you know. But but you're going to be a fifteen hundred dollar yeah. difference, maybe maybe not even that. Right. And 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 uh, no, that you're living in a no, this is a, this is a really uh, here's what people don't understand about Alaska just the the Alaska adventure there's a there's a surcharge to it because it is remote it's yeah, hard that's to a get good to. way to put it and, and uh, th- th- these guys aren't it's not like they're just pouring money into their bank accounts like they're filling up a gasoline no. tank right he didn't get rich off this no hunt. and and for what you get and the peace of mind and, and all of this that and the other thing and the value that you get just from a local who, I mean, this guy lives there. Yeah, I mean, well, he lives out there all the time. I know. He, he's, he's a real an, mountain man. An old hermit mountain man, I right? Mean, and, and he's an amazing person, and his guides were his guides are more than incredible. The one guy that uh, Henry hunted with, Chris, he, he brought back a pack, and I'm like, I got to try that pack on. It was so damn heavy. So I put it on, and I walked a, around a little bit with it, and I go, okay, I wore it. Let's weigh it. 106 pounds. Right. And uh, um, he, he wore that pack. I was like, this is crazy. What I was going to say before, and I di- we digressed or I got off track, we chased a rabbit, whatever, um, is, you know, I think a guy's like, um, 
I think of guys like uh, uh, Brian Johnson and Jim Bonanno and these guys that have kids that are 14, 15, yeah. 16 years old. You want to what do an Alaska adventure, adventure yeah. where you don't crush yourself. Yeah. You can go, but yet you're going to test yourself. You're going to go kill a couple. You know, you're each going to have an, and, and you're going to be in a trapper's cabin. You're going to be able to um, go out there and and he's got. Listen, he's got one of the only ones in Alaska. He's got this damn boat that you don't have to wait for the tide if you come in and out. It has sea legs on it. I know, it's I brand new. It. it goes right down. You drive right out of the water, no matter what the ocean is. So you're not back rowing or getting on a dinghy and going to shore and hoping that. He's like, I go to places I could have never went before the last three years. I can go hunt deer that nobody's ever hunted before. And, uh, and bear. Um, and bear. Oh, yeah. And bear. And bear. And big bear. That's Are why you? he shoots so Oh, yes. Don't tell her. It's a secret, though. So, <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just, like well, I said, I can't tell you enough about it because it's amazing. Well, you and I would easily jump at this if we had if we had lots and lots of time. So if you had lots and lots of time, you could do that. But even like this, this is a five-day hunt. We probably should almost make it a seven-day hunt for the weather. Well, so it's a five-day hunt, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, but you don't need five days. There's so many damn deer there right. and so many damn fox. Um, and so he knows what he's doing there. Yeah. But w w real quick, while we wrap this up, so when we vet these, we're able to see what else we can do. Right. So we're going to offer a Alaska trapline adventure. So you go there, five days, you run all his trap. He's catching otters, river otters. They're big otters. Oh, too, aren't they? and he's catching fox. And I mean, you go there, and you get to take home two fox. You get to run the trap line with him for five days, set the traps, learn all how he traps, educate you, meals, lodging, everything in a trapper's cabin on Kodiak for five days for 5500 bucks. Nice. And uh, I'm sitting here going, yeah, there's no deer, but some guys aren't big deer hunters. They, they, they would rather do that. But, you know, because um, the, the expense is the same or, you know, you go up there deer hunting and take two fox home with you. I don't know. To me, you know, I've traveled all over the world, and I'm not saying this in, in trying to be – I, I don't want this to come off pretentious in any way, shape, or form. I grew up Rural Route 3 Waverly, a little horse farm, dad out of construction, mom, dad out of construction company. I, I grew up as broke as it comes, right? Um, I, I, wore, I was the only husky kid in my family. I wore hand-me-downs from the neighbors. But um, – and I want to tell you that because I'll never forget where I came from, and I, I don't want to ever be pretentious when I say I travel the world and have hunted all over. But I've literally hunted all over the world and been blessed to do some crazy cool things. Top five. This was Even though they're little horned deer, yeah. top five. Wow. That's interesting. Because I wasn't picturing it as a top five, and I was like pretty much working myself. Because I had, I had some pretty – I was like pretty sad. So I want to take my youngest <laughs> – I want to – so I, you know, I've taken my oldest son on uh, my oldest son to Russia on a sheep hunt. Yeah, is I, Lucas gonna go shoot some blacktail and fox? I, I, I would. This would be cool too. I would, and Mason would love it. It's not one of those deals that where you okay, we got a one deer tag and it There's took no seventeen stress. years to get it right. Just I, go. go I hunt. shot a little little. It, he had messed up horns the first one, and I go, "What do you think?" He goes, "He goes, I think you should shoot it. Get your first blacktail under your uh, belt, and then we'll go look for a big one." 
And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. You take you take Mason on this. You, you like I right. said, Jim Bonanno, uh, uh, Brian uh, Johnson. I, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. That, that well, and then you get that big remote Alaskan adventure. Jonathan Ankner. Yeah. He's got a daughter. She wants to hunt. She should go. I mean, yes, they fly in on a they fly in on a float plane. They right. get off. They stay in the in the, in the bunkhouse. Propane heater. <laughs> right. Super nice. I mean, you know, you're you're roughing it, but you know. He put a propane here in the bunkhouse. So, shoot, man. Right. I mean, it was like this is almost cheating Alaska. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> what a neat deal. Well, it sounds like it was a great trip and you had a fun time. And Yeah, it was and, amazing. Uh, and we missed you. I, man, I, missed, I missed going. There was nothing I could do about it but take my licks and just suffer through the Rona BS. I get it. Well, hey, um, those of you that suffered through the Rona BS, like Brad and myself, we uh, and, and Lindley, she's the other qualified uh, and Corona that being survivor. Said, there are some people that it hits super hard. No, if you're health people. compromised, right. it, it all depends. Because right. my, my, like I said, I mean, uh, my father, you know, he he had it in three days. He was out, but then right, Nick, and he's he's in an uh, he's in an older age range. Poor Dwayne Munt, he got it, and he ended up in the hospital too. And my dad did end up in the hospital within three days of whatever that concoction they give you. He was out. So, but Nick's doing Nick's dad Dwayne's doing oh, good. Oh Wayne, doing, or I'm sorry, Dwayne Wayne Wayne, Wayne Munt. Wayne, oh, Wayne. he was in the hospital. Yeah. So Lindley was Lindley was like all concerned about it. And, oh really? Um, so, but anyway. Well, hey, here, here's here's a reminder for you. Subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcast. We would like that, okay? Um, we would love you to listen in and give us some advice. You want to email us, email us at info at rollingbones.com. Actually, it's info at rbohome.com. I'm sorry, info at rbohome.com. And uh, we'd love to answer any questions you have. We'd love to uh, hear your suggestions, your feedback. We want to get better. We want to make it uh, um you know, uh, uh, more user-friendly for you, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Now, you'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. Also, leave us an honest rating and review, which helps others find the podcast. It really does. You know, when they're looking for it, um, you know, uh, good review, bad review, we're okay. We just want to hear what you have to say, and uh, we're not perfect, but we're willing to get better. That's what I always tell my I told my wife a long time ago, um, I am not an easy man to handle but i'm always willing anyway um so <laughs> uh so anyway we want a podcast uh to be valuable to you and we're willing to make some adjustments and hear your feedback and uh um and we, what we'd really like is if you have a topic send us a topic man so thank you for listening today it's great having you here bleep Brad, it's good to be back with you. Until Glad next you're recovered time. from COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I feel worse now that I'm recovered from COVID than when I had COVID. That's because you just missed an extraordinary oh, trip, brother. Man. So you are we've all been COVIDed. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Be safe, be blessed, and have a great one. <laughs>